back with another episode of Girls Gone Tired. It's Riley and Sam bringing you another fun-filled episode. As per usual, let's jump right back in with our tired scale. So Riley, on a scale of 1 to 10, how tired are you this week? This week, I'm actually not that tired. I thought I'd be way more tired than I am, but I'm honestly probably just like a 3. And Mm. I think it's just because I am so fucking happy because we finally moved into our new place. And it's just so nice to be in a place that you actually want to be rather than a shithole. So, yeah. It's reasonable. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I uh, we went to Lake Havasu to visit our family, which was actually really, like, scary because it was my family and his family were both there at the same time. Oh. Yeah. And we worked it out to where they would meet my family for the first time before we go to Hawaii because we're all going to Hawaii together Mm -hmm. and I was so nervous and I do this thing my dad literally screamed at me for it but I try to tell people to act a certain way before they meet my parents like Garrett or your family everyone that comes in contact with my parents I'm like listen this is how they are don't act out don't cuss a lot like don't do these certain things and at the end of the day, my parents really are, like, a good time. Like, mm-hmm. they're not that bad. <laughs> but I feel like they judge people behind their backs more. Mm-hmm. So, like, you won't hear anything about it. And then three years later, they're like, yeah, I fucking hated that guy. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> so I just don't want anyone to, like, make a bad impression because I'm like, you are a reflection of me and I <laughs> – don't want my parents to think I hang around bad people but you so, do, but yeah so yeah so I told him to tell his family that they like need to behave and like my family's more conservative and like all this stuff and at the end of the day our families are pretty much the same people so they got along and it wasn't a big deal like they yeah. hit it off right away and I was like oh I'm so glad and like his mom was like yeah Gary had me so worried I was so nervous and I'm just like oh my god what did I do no like, you should have been like I don't know why he was like that. <laughs> that's so weird but yeah I felt really bad and then like I guess Garrett ended up telling my dad because they were just a drunk fest the whole entire weekend like mm-hmm. literally taking fireball shots at 10 a.m and drinking like 30 beers a day and I was like sober pretty much the whole time so they were just fucking annoying as fuck but um yeah so Garrett goes and tells my dad that I like told him that I tell my friends how to act before like they come over and stuff and then he came out cussing at me and he's like Riley don't fucking tell your friends how to act around me like just let them be who they are and I was like oh my god so yeah um (laughs) (laughs) that was rough to hear that and like uh we got in so many fights of like my dad drunk fights yeah because my dad just swears things happened and they didn't happen that way. Like, he kept bringing up that I never told him where I was going in my younger 20s. And, like, he's like, you always just left the house. And I would think that you're at your friend's house, but really you're in Vegas. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, no, I told you every time where I was going. But anyways, so we had a really good weekend with my family. And then my mom flew back with us to help us move in, help us move in. 
And that was actually a bad idea. Like I thought she was going to be so helpful and it just made everything more stressful. Like she just, (laughs) she drives me nuts because she has like rich old lady style and she's very organized. Like, I mean, you've been to her house. It's like a resort. So Mm -hmm. you have like your white towels, everything's in a certain place. And so she kept trying to buy me organizers and all these things and I kept telling her like mom I'm still living like I'm broke like I don't need all this stuff yet when I live in my forever home that's when you can buy me all those nice things but I do not need $40 bath mats in my like shower right now and she's like oh come on like when people see your shower I'm like no one's gonna see my shower yeah so that made it way more stressful I'm so glad I got to spend time with her and yeah, like just no one talks about how fucking stressful moving is because I feel Can like. Can I pause you for just a sec? Yes. Every episode without fail. <laughs> you can imagine Riley will say no one talks about. No one talks about. I feel, I feel like do any of your friends talk about <laughs> when they're moving? I feel like it's just a blip on everyone's radar and you're just so frustrated for that day and then no one ever talks about it. Dude, I'm a moving is the worst. Like I will do everything I can to not move, which is funny because I've moved so much. But when I move, I just dump everything. I'm like, we're starting new. Like I (laughs) I'm I'm the same way. I'm like sell all my clothes, sell everything. And like luckily the people that lived in this house before us, they left like a lot of their furniture. So we didn't have to buy anything. And then like we bought a new bed when we moved in and everything. So it was really easy to move in that sense, but you don't realize how much shit you have until you're like packing everything up. So that was super stressful. Just like having to get rid of it and like Oh, it's just annoying. Okay, I'll give it to you. Not a lot of people do talk about how annoying moving is. Yeah, but I also feel like the reason why is because you have, like, amnesia. Like, it's so painful. Yeah, Yeah, like, it's so painful in the moment. And then once you move, you kind of forget. Like, once you're actually settled, because we're still That's what they say about pregnancy, too. That's why you have a second and a third, because you forget. Exactly, because I was like, it's not a big deal, Garrett. Like, it's basically like we're moving a one-bedroom apartment. We don't have that much shit. And then when we actually were, like, packing it up, I was like, fuck this. Like, when we moved everything over to the new place, I was like, ah, yeah, I don't want to unload anything. So our house pretty much looks like a disaster. I'll eventually get around to it probably in, like, six months. And then (laughs) you move again. Awesome place. (laughs) Exactly. But yeah, um, our new neighborhood is just amazing, and that's honestly what's gotten me through the week. And it's the it's- alcohol across the street, right? The liquor store. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, we have a liquor store, which is awesome, and then we have a farmers market every Thursday, and there's like five boo truck booze trucks. Boo trucks. <laughs> Pick up your boo. Five alcohol trucks right outside my front door because it's at the park right across the street from us. Yeah. And they play live music till like nine o'clock at night. And you can buy fresh berries, all this stuff. And there's like food trucks, everything. Fresh berries and vodka. Exactly. And they have the best watermelon margarita ever. 
So yeah, every Thursday we're like, all right, we're not cooking. We're just going to walk outside, go get some margaritas and pizza. And it's amazing. Dude, I want to come visit you so bad. And I I was just thinking, it's been too long. When was the last time we saw each other? Was it my wedding? No, it was my birthday in Havasu. Oh, that's right. Still too long ago. I know. And you didn't come that long, I feel like. Weren't you only yeah, there for like, like two, days. two days? Yeah. Yeah, but like half days. So I sad. Know. I know it is sad. I miss our Vegas trips. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. I miss you leaving me and then me falling on my ass for everyone to see me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was still there for that. I left. Oh, know. you know what made me think of Vegas? You stole beer as I was falling on my ass. It face. was a prime opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> I was the distraction. Think, we walked out of that. We got free beer. I got like $12 bills from those guys who caught it from the gun, the shooting money Oh, gun. yeah, during Marshmallow. And I almost left with that beach cover up, but then my conscience kicked in, so. Oh, my God. <laughs> another time, another time. Yes, another time. But, yeah, so that was pretty much my life update. What about you? How tired are you this week? I am – you know what's hard? We say this week, and I feel like my <laughs> tired scale just varies depending on the day. Like, if you would have right. asked me yesterday, I would have been 2 out of 10, energized, feeling mm-hmm. alive. And today, it's like an 8 out of 10. I think I'm struggling being a corporate America girly, which will be just an ongoing theme, so that's yeah. part of it. But I also just got back from a trip to Colorado. It was for one of Mason's good friend's weddings, which was super fun. Um, did you know drink donkeys are a thing at weddings? Yes. I've wow. seen those before. Was it only in Colorado? No, it wasn't in Colorado. I've just seen it on like Pinterest, but it's like before the ceremony starts, they'll walk down the aisle with the drink donkey. They have mm. them in Arizona too. Okay. I've never heard of or seen a drink donkey. I really? thought that the couple was going to ride off on the donkey because it was like saddled up and it had Trulies on the side, but it was the cutest thing ever. Um, so yeah, their wedding was on Friday. That was super fun. And then Saturday and Sunday, it was just all of the guys being able to reconnect and all of their girlfriends and wives like meeting each other. And I just realized, and we've talked about it before, but it just like reaffirmed, I cannot hang like (laughs) I used to. And I was pretty proud of myself because Friday and Saturday, I was able to drink and like wake up not hungover. So like I prepared for it, but I also was able to drink a lot. And then by the time Saturday rolled around, dude, I just couldn't do it anymore. And I... (laughs) was like around these really young people and it just was a worse like reminder that you've aged like this you're not able to do what you used to do so that was a little rough and then when we got home adjusting to the time change and then adjusting to recovering from the alcohol it was just a lot so I think that I'm a little tired from that and then I as you know I'm super fucking bloated all the time so I think that makes me a little tired just because the PCOS is a good time. Well, and the altitude change. Like Mm. when I first moved to Colorado, I had a headache probably the first six months I lived there every single Hmm. day because 
the altitude will cause headaches. So you probably <laughs> were that feeling that as well. The last and day. you get drunk faster in Colorado if you're not used to it. So yeah. <laughs> you were probably no. all sorts of fucked up. We had a drinking game. Anybody, anytime somebody mentioned the altitude, we had a drink. <laughs> <laughs> because everybody, that was like a buzzword. It was like, oh, the yeah. altitude. Um, so that was a little fun drinking game. And then... Yeah, no, I would feel my truly after like one and a half. It was kind of nice because oh, you just wow. didn't eat a lot. You're right. <laughs> You're like, oh, I'm already there. Yeah, good to go great. for the rest of the night. <laughs> but yeah, overall, probably a, what did I say? Three out of 10, eight out of 10. You said eight today. <laughs> yeah, eight out of 10 today. It's so showing. tired. I don't know the scale. <laughs> To our main topic today, we kind of talked about my move, which kind of inspired this episode, which is talking about all about moving and moving out of state and just kind of making that decision. Because I feel like for a lot of people, it's a big decision, but I feel like for me and Sam, it wasn't that big of a decision. Like, nope. don't get me wrong, it was like it is a big decision when you actually make the move. But my thought process moving out of state, I was like, this is no big deal. I'll fly home all the time to see my family and friends, and I want to go on an adventure. And I feel like you're kind of the same way. Yeah, adventure. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so after you came back from Hawaii, which we've discussed previously, you moved to Northern California, and then you moved to Southern California, and you're now in North Carolina – but you had a state in between that. So how <laughs> did you end up moving to North Carolina? That was such a funny way to talk about Idaho. <laughs> Idaho. And then you had a state in between. <laughs> the mistress state. <laughs> the stepping yeah, we don't stone. Yeah, we don't say her name. <laughs> we don't say her name. <laughs> Idaho. Oh, it's fitting. She is um, the hoe. She is the hoe. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know what's so funny? I I do. There's just such. I know we don't have grown ups and pickles in common. Blah blah blah. But <laughs> we do have a lot of weird shit in common, like the fact that we just don't think about moves as being that big of a deal. Like life changing. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, well, if I I. But I don't know. You look at everything like it's temporary because I think that's what saves me from looking 100%. at it as a big move. I'm like, well, I think oh, there's it's temporary. a couple things that contributed to it. So, like, my parents were divorced, are still divorced um, <laughs> from each other. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, so my parents um, got divorced when I was pretty young. So, I always had like two houses to go in between. And then we traveled a lot. Um, primarily like I did with my grandparents. So I think I was just pretty used to being on the move. And I think that mm -hmm. helped me see things as not being super permanent. But I think you're spot on. Like it's just when I do a move, I'm like, oh, this could be temporary or it could be forever. It just depends on how I like it. Plus, when I was in college, my parents moved, both of them moved out of Southern California. So like what used to be home was not really home anymore. So yeah. That's funny because I kind of lost – like, my parents moved to Orange County right after high school, and that mm -hmm. wasn't necessarily, like, me losing home because I was only an hour away from our hometown. Right. But everyone else moved away as well. So then right. it was just, like, the sense of community and home I didn't have anymore. And that's yeah. kind of what made me think, 
well, home is wherever you are with the people home you love. Home is where the heart is. <laughs> <laughs> but I found love in traveling and meeting new people and seeing new places. So that's kind of like how I got through it in the sense of like not having a true home anymore. Yeah, that I think is what helps inspire a big move for sure and like helps you feel more comfortable with it. But yeah, I, after Southern California, I moved to Idaho because that's where my dad and stepmom had moved. And then Mason, my husband, he was finishing up his associates in Southern California, but San Diego's community college was super impacted. So it just Mm. didn't make sense. He had to like wait a super long time and it was a lottery system. So we were like, okay, we'll just move up to Idaho. My parents offered for us to stay in like their in-law suite. So we were going to have a free place to stay. We were going to be able to get him through his program and it was going to be cheaper overall. So we're like, hell yeah. So then we moved up there. We were there for three years, which we were only going to do two. So that was a year longer than we thought. But Idaho is just a little bit too small town for us. And it was also super cold. It was, I just fucking hate winter altogether. So (laughs) I told Mason, I was like, dude, I just need to live somewhere warmer. I just need somewhere with more things to do. And I really wanted to move to Florida, but Mason's work, he he worked at Stretch Lab at the time, which is like this place that stretches people. I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> it's like physical therapy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, basically. And so stretches people. Yeah, they just stretch you. Um but he had a client who was telling him how great Charlotte, North Carolina was. And so As we were thinking about other places we wanted to go, Mason applied for a job out here because he wanted to get into software sales Mm. because it was going to be lucrative in the long term and blah, blah, blah. And he ends up getting this job here pretty fucking quick. I mean, like within probably two weeks of applying for it. And so we hadn't even been to Charlotte by the time he got this offer. And so we're just like, okay. (laughs) And so we came out here and I'm so glad we did. Um, And we can talk about that more as we talk about other things down the line. But um, really the reason I ended up in North Carolina was just because we wanted somewhere warmer. We wanted to get to the East Coast because we felt like we had explored most of the West Coast. And then I was just so comfortable with moving at this point. I was like, well, what's moving across the country? So that's how we ended up here. But I know you going to Oregon had a state in between. <laughs> Those mistress states. Those mistress states. So they're what a got good you? time though. <laughs> oh, of course they are. That's why they're the mistress. So it's kind of funny because I knew that I always wanted to leave. Like people always would talk to me in high school and stuff and I'd be like yeah but I'm not gonna be here for long like and people would be like what are you where are you gonna go I'm like oh I don't know but I always imagined moving to several different places or at least traveling to several different places because I was like how do you know where you want to live the rest of your life like it was such a concept that confused me where people just stayed where they were and like Mm -hmm. never really traveled or wanted to venture outside of where they lived. And I was just like, I don't understand that. Like, how do you not know there's going to be like a little town in Wisconsin that you fall in love with? And you're like, those are my people. That's where I'm meant to be. So did you travel a lot as a kid? Yes. Like any chance we got, we were in our little Toyota Corolla family of five traveling across the (laughs) United States. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So um, my parents kind of believed in 
seeing as much as you can, no matter how much money you have. So even if we didn't have money, we were still (laughs) making the trip. Mm -hmm. So I was very fortunate to travel as a kid. And I had neighbors that would let me go travel with them as well. So I kind of always had the mindset of like, you got to work so you can travel and like everything should revolve around travel. Mm -hmm. And going through college, I struggled a lot deciding what I was going to be because I just didn't really have any interest. I was like, my interest is travel. Like, I don't really understand. And there's not really money in being a travel agent. I mean, now you could be like a social media influencer and there's different avenues you can go down. But for the most part, when I was deciding, there wasn't a lot of options to make money in that and you need money to travel. So. I um, went in community college. My counselor was basically like, okay, what do you want to do? Because I thought I wanted to be art major, changed my mind. And I was like, I don't know. And she's like, what about kinesiology? And I was like, what is that? And she's like, it's like body movement, physical therapy. And I was just like, huh, sounds interesting. I'll do it. So I got my degree in kinesiology. And then when I actually transferred to Cal State Fullerton, it opened up this whole other window of opportunity with classes. And there was a lot of classes that were like recreation and like learning about the national parks, the Olympics, like all this different stuff that I could learn about. And so I really like dove down that path in my major. And I was like, you know what? I want to be a flight attendant when I graduate. I thought you wanted to be a PE teacher for some reason. Absolutely not. (laughs) One, I don't like children. (laughs) So I don't know how I would have lasted as a PE teacher. I can't wait for your future kids to listen to the episode (laughs) and they're like, what the fuck? (laughs) Well, I'll love my children, just not other people's children. Oh, I can't wait for my kids to listen to this episode (laughs) and be like, what the fuck, Aunt Riley? (laughs) They're like, fuck Aunt Riley. Yeah, it's just the worst. Whatever. They'll love me when I give them their first drink. Mm-hmm. Anyway, At 12. Yeah. I'm like, just take this mudslide. A little kid. sip won't kill you. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. But anyways, what was I talking about? You were saying you wanted to be a flight attendant. Oh, yeah. So I decided I wanted to be a flight attendant. And when I graduated, I was like, my dad was really against me being a flight attendant because he just didn't see that it was a good career path to go down. So I was like low key applying to places, not really telling him about it. And um, no one was really hiring at the time, like during summer. So I wasn't Mm -hmm. getting any callbacks. And then I was like trying to go down different avenues because I needed my big girl job to eventually move out. And again, I was trying to move out of state, which a lot of people in my life that were close to me did not know (laughs) how Mm -hmm. hard I was trying to move out of state at the time. But um so I was applying to all these different places, some healthcare, some airlines, and then I got a call from Hawaiian Airlines. They said, okay, you made it to the interview process. Do you want to fly out to Hawaii? And I was like, absolutely. And so I asked my dad, I was like, dad, I have an interview in a week. <laughs> Can yeah. I fly out to Hawaii? And he was very pissed at first, but he was like, you know what? Like, if this is what you want to do, I'm going to support you. So me and my mom flew out to Hawaii went through a very intense interview process, which I'll talk about that later, um, and ended up getting the job. So my dad was like, okay, you have to make the decision. Are you going to move to Hawaii? And I was like, yeah, like what? I got the job. what decision? (laughs) Yeah, I have to move to Hawaii. I got the job. And he 
asked me every single day, like, are you going to move to Hawaii? And I was just like, yes, dad, like I'm going to move to Hawaii. Like I was set in stone. That was the place I wanted to move my whole life. So I was like the first opportunity I get, like, of course I'm going to take it. But then I came down to like logistics and like actually moving to Hawaii. It was going to cost like 20 grand and my parents were going to help me pay for the apartment. I wasn't going to make nearly enough to cover my rent once they stopped helping me. And Mm -hmm. it was just a decision that was really hard to make and I did not want to make it. I just kind of wanted to somehow end up in Hawaii and I finally made the decision like, okay, I am not going to move to Hawaii. So that was devastating for me. And I was just at a really low point because I literally sold all of my winter clothes. Like I sold everything. I only had bathing suits and a couple of shorts and t-shirts and I was ready to move. And then a week later, I actually got a call from the company I work for now. And I did a phone interview and I got hired on the spot. Damn. And over a job, phone interview? Over a phone interview. Well, wow. We connected because she was from Orange County. Mm. So it was very easy to talk to her. She grew up kind of where I grew up and mm-hmm. we kind of connected on that. And so she, yeah, she hired me on the spot and that job ended up being in Colorado. And so I go <laughs> from- Were you looking at mainly jobs in Colorado at the time or- No, I was honestly applying to Colorado, Arizona, Nevada. Um, I was trying to go to East Coast, but Mm -hmm. the pay was very hard. Like my dad gave me a base pay that I had to make in Mm -hmm. order for him to support my move, which was $20 an hour. Mm -hmm. And a lot of other states um, for the jobs I was looking at they offer lower than that for your starting out rate. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's a di- there's a ton of states that I was just randomly applying to because I, I didn't care. Texas, like I was trying to go anywhere. That but where, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but where I was. And um, Colorado had a lot of healthcare jobs. So that's the job that I applied for in Colorado. Ended up getting the call and it was something I forgot about as well. So I was surprised when I got the call. And... I a week later I like drove away from my home to take the call in my car in like some randomly like random neighborhood so that no one could know I was taking this call for this interview Mm -hmm. and I drove home and I walked through the door and I was like I know I just sold all my winter gear but um (laughs) I got a job in Colorado uh I have to be there in a month can you move me to Colorado and like my parents looked at me like I was psycho like they're like is this chick on drugs like she just decided she's not moving to Hawaii but now she wants to move to Colorado but my dad also at the same time was way more willing to move me to Colorado because it was like 10 grand cheaper than Hawaii and he could drive to you right and so it was a less stressful situation. So I think at that point, he was just happy with anything he got that wasn't Hawaii. So he was like, absolutely, I will move you to Colorado. And I was like, perfect, we're moving to Colorado. And again, I've I've been to Colorado when I was little, didn't really know anything about it. I, you know, I didn't know about the weather. I knew it snowed a little bit. <laughs> I, I remember your snap the first time you experienced snow. 
in Colorado. <laughs> like, I remember you being really afraid to drive your car. <laughs> and it oh. wasn't that much at first. Well, I almost, I was this close to getting in a car accident the first time I ever drove. And Aww, what yeah. a way to start your winter off. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So, um, a month later, I moved to Colorado. My parents drove me out there and... Again, this was the first time I was living on my own. Mm -hmm. I did not have any friends in Colorado. I had a couple acquaintances, like my boyfriend that I live with now. He was in Colorado at the time, but again, wasn't that close to him at that time. And it was just, and when I mean that close to him, I mean he was like an hour drive (laughs) away from where I was actually living. Right. But, um, yeah, so I didn't really have anyone, but I didn't care because I just wanted out. And my parents moved me out there, and then they leave after, like, a week of getting me settled and everything. And I am in this apartment by myself. I have my first big girl job where I'm working 40 hours a week. And, again, I literally moved across the street from my job because I was so afraid of snow. So. Yeah. I could just walk in a blizzard rather than drive my car. Um, and yeah, I was like so excited and I'll never forget because my ex-boyfriend at the time I was still with him when I made this move and um, we ended up breaking up right when I moved, like a couple weeks after I moved. But he, I'll never forget, he told me, you will soon regret your decision once you pay your first month rent and you are going to regret paying bills and having to pay bills. And I can honestly say I have never regretted paying a bill. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say I don't regret paying bills because paying bills sucks, but it is nice to be free, like financially free and like taking care of your own, right? But that's the thing. Like a lot of people say adulting sucks and having to pay for your bills have sucked. I can honestly say I've never once hated having to pay a bill. Of course, would I rather have that money in my bank account? Of course, yeah, I would. But I've never, like, had that moment where I was just like, oh, this sucks. I do not want to pay this payment because I just see it as I am so happy that I have a job that I can pay my own way and I don't have to ask for help. And again, my parents did help me in the beginning. I had a lot of help in the beginning, Mm -hmm. but I'm now on my feet by myself and it's just so nice to like- That actually reminds me, I have a bill for you um, that I need to (laughs) pay. So okay. Not them so much. Well, surprise bills are a little different. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? On that note, just talking about your first time, because here's the thing: I think there is a difference because, like, when I first moved out of my childhood home or whatever, I was going to college, and that's a different experience because you just know you're going home for breaks. Like, it's not mm-hmm. a tr- you know it's not a permanent home. But I think when you move out of state for the first time, that's like really your first experience with a lot of things like paying your bills. Was there anything to you that was like, I know paying your bills wasn't rough, but like, was there anything that was hard or shocking when you moved out of state for the first time? Yeah, honestly, just being responsible for yourself in every way possible. Like no one's gonna wake you up if you slept in and like you didn't make it to work on time. 
Um, if you don't fill your car up because you're too lazy, no one's going to go fill it up for you. Like pretty much everything, feeding yourself. If you're too lazy to make food, you don't have your mom downstairs saying, oh, well, I'll make you something. Mm -hmm. And again, like I lived with my parents till I was, what, 24, 25, 26. I don't even remember what age I was. But I lived with them for a long time and I had a mom that really took care of me and like always did my laundry, made sure it was ready for work. So I just had so much support. And I went from having all that support to absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. And again, let's not forget, like, thankfully, I had my boyfriend that I have now. Um, he did help me a lot. Like, anytime I didn't want to drive in the snow, he would literally drive down from where – because he was in northern Colorado. He mm-hmm. would drive down just to, like, drive me where I needed to drive or, like – It's like your work across the street. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Or, like, bring me food. Like, anything I needed, he was always there for me, which I was so appreciative of. But, um, yeah. And then going through my training for this job, I'm only, what, two months in to living in Colorado by myself, figuring things out. And everything was a shock to me, especially living in like a whole different world with snow and weather and just everything was crazy. And then COVID hit Mm -hmm. and then everything shut down and I can't see my family as much as I want. And it like, that was crazy in itself. And I actually ended up finding out that thank God I didn't move to Hawaii because that training class got canceled because two people in that training class passed away from oh my god so I would have been stranded in Hawaii and not had a job and they fully locked Hawaii down so I don't Mm -hmm. even know what that would have been like so again I'm like so thankful I made the decision I did and Colorado ended up being the time of my life And um, it made me get closer to my boyfriend that I have now. And we just kind of like picked up our story again, which I'm so thankful for. And yeah, he's kind of the reason why we ended up in Oregon because we moved in together in Colorado and he was kind of same situation, figuring out what he wanted to do with his life. Um, He just changed career paths, but the place he worked for, it wasn't really like a place that you could grow in and like get the proper training. And so my brother-in-law gave him an opportunity in Oregon with his brother. And we were like, okay, yeah, like we'll go through the interview process, whatever. And it kind of just happened and he got the job and then Within a month, we were moving to Oregon, and it was just like, this is crazy. Like, I cannot believe we're moving to Oregon. And again, I've never been to Oregon, didn't know anything about it, but I was like, yeah, that's fine. Like, no big deal. Oh, we have to be there for almost 10 years? Great. Let's go. Like, another adventure. I'm never the type of person that's like, absolutely not. I can't change my whole life. I'm just like, okay, let's see what happens. And I'm always up for that decision to move you know yeah I mean I'm right there with you (laughs) I think that it's also a lot easier as you do it more particularly those out-of-state moves because you just 
A, you realize that it can be as temporary or as long-term as you want it to be, like we've talked about, but B, you just become more comfortable. I know, like, the first time I moved out of state and, like, really started over in Hawaii, it was a reality check. I mean, paying true (laughs) bills, whether it bothers you or not, it's like a task because you have to time it right with your paychecks. That was a whole thing of determining, like, how to keep that organized. And then, like, one thing I remember blowing my mind. So, like, when we went to Hawaii, we just came with a suitcase. So, we had to, like, start everything new. We had to get jobs when we were there, me and my sister. Mm -hmm. We had to um, get car insurance and buy cars for the first time. Like, we had to just do literally everything from scratch. We had to make new friends. Like, it was just us. And, I mean, I'm lucky because I had her. But it is so... It's such an eye opener to truly move out of state and just start fresh and have to like create everything from scratch because yeah. I think it as much as it's a challenge it also teaches you a lot about how much you can accomplish and then it makes you feel more confident in those future moves. You're like, right. Oh, well, I started from scratch when I moved to Hawaii and now when I'm moving to Idaho I'm actually bringing shit and I have a partner and all this stuff and so it's just like it keeps the ball rolling. You're like, oh, well, if I could do that, I could do this. And you just keep going. Like, it never ends. Yeah. And I just think it's so important to have those experiences where you get to move out of state and experience something new. Because honestly, (laughs) being in California, like, I never understood why people hated people from California. And you really find out that people hate people from California when you move out of California. Like, I remember moving to Colorado. And the first thing that my boyfriend now told me was don't tell anyone you're from Colorado. That was and how it I, was in Idaho I mean, from, too. from California. Yeah. And I was like, so confused. I was like, wait, what? And he said, mm-hmm. when we go to the bar, don't try not like you have your Colorado ID, right? Like you don't have your California one anymore. And I was just so like, oh, this is kind of weird. And then like, you just hear the jokes all night of talking shit on people from California and it's kind of crazy and then same with Oregon I moved here and they're like oh you were from California originally and it's just like everyone (laughs) hates people from California and Mm -hmm. I get it like I understand (laughs) it and it it's so different how you live your life in California versus any other state and even just like It's very fast-paced in California, and even though it's pretty fast-paced in pretty much any city you Mm -hmm. move to, um, you'll definitely notice that the people are different, and they spend their time differently. They, I don't know, like, they just have a different vibe to them, and it's been kind of hard to find friends because of that, because Mm -hmm. I can tell that there's certain things that don't click, like our humor might not click or something like that. And yeah, it's just been very interesting, but it makes me never want to go back to California because I don't think I could live with those people anymore. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I always have a special place in my heart for California, but I, uh, I know what you mean. Like in Idaho, it was the same way. You didn't want your California plates on. You wanted to, nobody, like, it was like a secret thing. If somebody talked about them being from California, that's when it was okay to talk about it. And it would be like something really subtle. Like 
somebody would be wearing a Santa Cruz shirt. And you'd be like, oh, have you ever been to Santa Cruz? And like, <laughs> well, I'm actually like from nearby Santa Cruz. And then you're like, oh, I'm from California too. Oh, <laughs> and then it's yeah, like, yeah. okay, now we can talk about it. But like before yep. that, no, you shut your mouth. Well, um, I'll never forget when I walked into my first training day um, in Colorado, I saw everyone get out of their cars and they put their windshield wipers up. Like mm-hmm. they stood them up. And I was like, whoa, that's weird. Why are they doing that? And so I walked into the training class. We all introduced ourselves, whatever. And I was like, I have a question. <laughs> and oh, every- no. Everyone was from Colorado. I was the only one that wasn't. And I was like, why do you guys put your windshield wipers up? And they just looked at me like, what? And this I was bitch. Like, <laughs> I was like, I just moved from California and I don't know why you did that. So I was just wondering if that's something I should be doing. And then they all just started busting up laughing. They're like, oh, girl, you'll learn. And then they all gave me like a list of things like you need to go put this type of fluid in for like your windshield wipers and just like all the stuff. And I was like, oh, thank you. And they're like, but don't tell people you're from California. Okay, but you Just know like, what? I also okay. love that that's a bonding. I think you're right because I found the same thing now living on the East Coast. Just like our sense of humor from California is a lot different from other places. And I will also say people on the East Coast are more like infatuated with you being from California than maybe people in more of like the West Coast region. So like yeah. Idaho, Colorado, they're like, fuck you, go back to your state because we're crowding right. them. But like nobody from yeah. California really lives out here. So everybody's like, oh, what's California like? Um, but what I will say is I remember when I worked for Geico, we had a training in Washington, D.C. And it was, well, it was like Virginia, but it was near Washington, D.C. And we uh, were there in the middle of winter. And so there was like this huge snowstorm, but we still had to drive from the hotel to the conference room. And we were grouped up by our region. So I was with the California region. Mm-hmm. And I just remember <laughs> we were the only group who could not figure out like how to um, clear the snow on the car. And like, we were like, <laughs> should we do the top? I don't know. Like <laughs> we were the, we were the ones who were like outside as soon as it started snowing, like, Oh my God, I can catch this with my, and there was like nothing on the ground. So yes. it was just one of those things. Like, I like that it's still bonding for us. Cause we're like, we don't know how to do winter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and we really don't like you think yeah. going to big bear is like no. snow. I understand now when people come to California and they go snowboarding and they're like, oh, this isn't real snow. Like, you don't understand. And you're just like, what? It's real snow. Well, that's hard too. I Learning to snowboard on ice, I hate snowboarding in powder now. And people are like, oh, fresh pal. And I'm like, no, this is scary. I don't know what to do. I need to hear my board scraping. (laughs) (laughs) This is not comfortable for me. This doesn't make sense, but... No, it is. It's an interesting experience. I think that anybody living in California or any state, it's just such an eye opener. And I think it expands your horizons visiting or moving to another place. And it's never permanent. So on that note, when it comes to maybe some of your recommendations, normally I know we do travel recs, but this week I think we want to share a little bit more about recommendations for moving out of state. What do you think that what would help somebody considering moving out of state? in terms of making that easier? Well, I really think just like it depends on where you are in your life. Like how much do you have to bring? And I mean that by are you starting a new career? Are you – do you have a family? Are you just getting out of college? Because I really think 
that will determine whether it's going to be a hard move or an easy move for you. Mm -hmm. Like for me, I was fresh out of college. I haven't had a big girl job yet. So I didn't have anything tying me down to California. Of course, I was in a relationship at the time, but I knew I wanted to be out of that. So moving was the perfect opportunity for me to kind of just start fresh and like start somewhere else and start my life. Whereas someone who has kids or something like that, it might not be as easy, but just definitely do your research. It is costly. Like I know you'll find a million videos on YouTube that say, oh, it only took me three grand to move across state. Okay, those people are like minimalists and they Mm -hmm. literally take like nothing. So it depends on the type of person you are for me. I only had like my clothes pretty much to take, but I had to buy all new furniture. So are you in that position? Did you save up? Honestly, it's, it is costly. So you just have to think about it in that way. And then honestly, another recommendation, I didn't do this. I lived on my own, but moving in with roommates might be helpful, especially Mm -hmm. if you're in your early twenties or something like that, because it just gives you that automatic tie to the city And those Mm -hmm. people are already living there. They might know where you want to go for coffee or like where you want to eat at. They'll tell you the bars to go out to. And then you'll just have like a little community because I do think my first six months of moving to a new state um, when I was by myself, it was really hard, especially because COVID hit, but it was just hard to kind of find my sense and like where I belonged. Mm -hmm. So I definitely just recommend trying to find like people that you can move in with or something like that just so you have like that little community if you ever feel lonely when you move out of state. Yeah, I agree. And I going back to what you said about doing research, I think something that I've actually found later in life and I know it's been around for a long time, but like anytime I'm researching anything now, I actually Google it based on Reddit searches because it's like true people People, yeah like real people sharing real tips and so I mean this with like anything like if I'm looking at skincare products or where I should get my hair done in Charlotte or like anything related to where you might live I think reddit's a really great resource because you get true feedback and then you could also ask questions which is nice and then spot on with what you were saying about roommates I think that having a buddy I've never truly moved by myself besides to college. Um, Every other time I either had a partner or my sister. And so that really helped because you have some comfort and I think it's important. And if you can't move with somebody, just like having somebody that you can FaceTime daily or somebody who's going through something similar is helpful. Yeah. Just because it helps you remember that you will always have somebody there to support you. And then I know I mentioned it earlier, but for me, it was always easier. This Us moving from Idaho to North Carolina was the first time we actually took our stuff. And that was the first time that the cost of our stuff actually outweighed the cost of buying new stuff. Like the cost oh. of moving our old stuff outweighed the cost of our um, old stuff. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we finally had enough belongings to outweigh just dumping it all and starting fresh. And like you said, if you are going to do that, you just have to be ready to either live super modestly or Mm -hmm. you have have to have a bunch of money saved. So, and after COVID moving became so much more expensive. So like 
that that can play a factor too. But yeah, I think just doing your research, having a buddy or at least somebody you can rely on consistently or who has gone through the same thing and knows what you're going through and then buying new stuff when you can, it makes it easier. Yep, definitely agree. Well, we are at the end of our episode and this is the very first time. It's so exciting because we actually have listener questions. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> that was a good sound effect. That was a real sound effect. That wasn't just me. <laughs> um, anyways, so as you have questions or want life advice, or even if you just want to make comments, definitely feel free to DM us on Instagram or you can message us anonymously. The link's in our bio. We're happy to give you advice, even though it might be kind of terrible. So that resource is always there for you. But this week, we are going to pull two of our listener questions, and we'll start with this one. Our listener wrote in and said, I feel like in your 20s, you look around and see a lot of people on different paths, and then you compare your situation to theirs. I'd love to know any advice you have on how not to do that and just focus on yourself. I love this question because this is literally me (laughs) when Mm -hmm. I decided to end things with my last relationship. Um, Yeah, it's honestly very hard, especially depending on your age when you're going through it and you're growing up and you see everyone around you either settling down, getting married, having kids, or they're on their career path already because they went through a short program and they're already making a lot of money and you still have six years left of school. So it's definitely hard to not compare yourself, but you just have to remind yourself that just because of what you're seeing on social media does not mean that these people have it all figured out. And you'll definitely learn in your 20s that everyone is just acting like they have it figured out while behind closed doors, they're really just trying to figure out (laughs) what they're doing with their lives. And once you kind of come to the realization that no one has a plan and everyone's just trying to figure it out, then you, you won't find yourself comparing yourself to other people as much. Like when me and Sam went through our yes era together, that was when it really hit me of not caring what other people were doing because I knew I was having the time of my life and that's all I cared about. And I knew that one day it was going to come where I was going to have the guy I was going to be with the rest of my life and have that family that I've always wanted. And you just have to believe in yourself that you are going to eventually make that happen if you're not in a place where you can make it happen right then and there. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think that social media is a big problem when it comes to comparing yourself to others. And here's the thing, you know, this just gave me an idea too. I'm like, we should do an episode where we like show a social media picture and then what was actually going on behind the scenes because you could go look at my Instagram, my (laughs) Facebook, and there are some times where I'm going through some really dark shit and I look happy as can Mm -hmm. be. And I mean, maybe in that moment I was happy. I feel like I'm, I try not to be very fake on social media, but like at the same time, a picture is a picture. That's a moment in time. That's somebody's highlight. That's not their low point. Nobody's going out there except for the weirdos, like posting pictures of them crying. Like you, 
you are literally comparing your lows to somebody's highs and that's just not healthy. And so we've all been there. It makes sense. I definitely get it. But you have to understand you're not at the lowest point. Like you have people who are doing worse off than you and you're also not at the highest because there's going to be people who are just like going above and beyond, but they might not be the happiest people. All you can control is yourself and what's going on around you in the sense that like how you interact with your environment. And if you have those instances where you're feeling just kind of bogged down and like you're not comparing to the people in your lives, I think those are good times to take social media breaks. Just delete Instagram Delete TikTok. I know it's easier said than done, but you'll take that break and you'll feel refreshed and rejuvenated. Like Riley said, during our Yes era, it was a time where we really focused on just like doing what we wanted to do and feeling happy. And I think those social media breaks give you the chance to do that. Yeah. And then you can go back on social media and once you're feeling good, you can post about your highlights too. So I think social media is a big way to avoid comparing yourself to other people. Yeah, and it's definitely hard. Like, I still go through the phases where I'm just like, wow, so-and-so is having their third kid or what your friend's having their first baby and, like, we're not even in a position where we are about to buy a house or anything because I'm very traditional and I just believe in taking certain steps before you get to having kids or something like that. And so I find myself still comparing myself, but then I just remind myself, like, I don't even know that situation. Sure, they could be having a kid with that guy, but who knows if they're even in a happy marriage or they're even happy at all. Haven't you seen those couples who are the happiest couple on Instagram and then they're broken up a week later? Nobody's what they seem to be. Well, yeah, and I still have friends that I reach out to and I'm like, oh, wow, I see that you and blah, blah, have been taking more photos together. Are you guys in a better place? And then she will tell me like, no, it's still the same thing. He's still emotionally cheating on me with other girls on Instagram and things like that. And I'm like, oh, okay. So it's just like you find out that people are just putting their best self out there and they're not necessarily living their truth. But again, why would you? you don't want to put your issues out on social media like some people do to begin with. And they say the people who post that stuff, and I mean, I post happy moments too, so I'm not saying this is every situation, (laughs) but they say people who post more are actually trying to make up for a lot of their hardships. So if you see somebody who's like traveling to Rome and Switzerland and doing all this shit, just remember, they may not actually be as happy as they're portraying themselves, and that might be them making up for it. You only know your situation, make the best of it. Right. And I definitely think it's just so important with like social media and everything like that. Don't forget that people have credit cards and people have debt. So even if someone looks like they're living their best life ever on social media or you go over to their house and they have a bunch of toys, they're always going on vacation, they could be $30,000 in debt. And that Mm -hmm. is so important to remember Because that is something that no one will ever tell you because they want to live their life a certain way and they want you to think a certain way about them. And in reality, it's going to all catch up to them. And when they're 40, they're going to be selling all those toys. They're going to be getting that divorce. And you're going to be so happy that you chose the right path and that's when you start so you start posting on social media so then (laughs) exactly (laughs) vicious cycle um (laughs) all right and then the other question we got this one's fun because i just had that three-day bender but 
Any hangover tips now that I'm old and alcohol hates me, says this listener. Don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Tip number one, don't. Don't drink. Honestly, right now I'm just going through the phase where I don't really drink that much. I'll have maybe one drink. As you drink a margarita. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I'll have one drink. But I, I just can't drink like I used to I know you always tell me like take a charcoal pill or something like that but I'm never actually taking the time because I feel like it's too much admin to actually take admin? care of myself oh my god <laughs> okay is. I understand because I remember okay I remember like the trainings I don't know college made us do like these videos where it's like <laughs> if you're gonna drink then make sure you drink a glass of water oh. between every glass of alcohol and I remember thinking that would kill the buzz why but now that I'm older, I mean, like, I think it is a little easier to hang when you're 17 or 18, not promoting underage drinking, but I think it's just your body is able to do it better. But yeah, nowadays, truthfully, a glass of water between every drink, you can maintain your buzz and feel so much better the next day. <laughs> I also think drinking like two glasses of water before you start drinking is important. And then one glass of water before bed after you've been drinking I think Riley's on to something with just not drinking at all, but I know that's hard sometimes. I listened to another podcast, Andrew Huberman, Huberman Lab, and he's a neurologist at Stanford, I think. Um, But he's like, man, alcohol is the worst for you. So I don't ever want to promote it, but of course I still do it. And so my other recommendation is there's these anti-hangover pills. There's ones that were on Shark Tank. They're called Cheers. Those were super helpful, and you can take them before and after drinking, and doing both is really helpful. Um, But I also found these cheaper pills. They're by Purple Tree, and they're anti-hangover pills, and it's basically just B12 and some other vitamins, but I get really bad hangovers, like heart palpitations, chills, can't sleep, all this stuff, and those definitely help. They don't get rid of the symptoms, but they help, so... That would be my advice. Um, but really, really excited that everybody wrote in. We definitely have um, a lot more advice that we'll be able to give in the coming weeks. And definitely write us on Instagram, either anonymously or in our DMs, if you have any questions that we can answer for you. But I also wanted to share, me and Riley are super excited because We are planning on doing a Guys Gone Tired episode, so we're going to bring Garrett, Riley's boyfriend, and Mason, my husband, on to do an episode where they give some guy advice because obviously we are only so knowledgeable on what our guys are thinking. So if you have questions or advice that you want from a guy's perspective, let us know. Just say, looking for a guy's advice on this, we'll make them answer it for you um, on our podcast. But with that, thanks for sticking around for another episode. We'll be back to you next week with more tips, tricks, and advice. So uh, we'll see you then. Yep. Get some sleep, bitches. Oh, yeah. Get some sleep, bitches. (laughs) 